How is it going, Kraken fans? Oh my gosh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Much more fun than that trip to Dallas. Um, <laughs> no, I had a fantastic time, but boy, uh, I wish that we had seen this game last game. Um, wow, this team, this team, this team. What else can we say about them at this point, right? Other than they just, they get it done. They get it done when they have to get it done. <sighs> so crazy. So, so nuts that we're going to game seven back-to-back -back playoff rounds. Absolutely wild. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here on Emerald City Hockey's Playoff Postgame Live presented by Queen Anne Beer Hall. <sighs> this team. This team. And another big game where it's, you know, multiple goal scorers, like up until the end there, right? Ebbs gets that empty netter for his second of the game. Phenomenal game from Jordan Everly, by the way. Like absolutely incredible game. So fantastic. I should have been one of the three stars. Okay. Jordan Everly, like, like all of it, even just killing time behind the empty net there earlier. I mean, all of it. Jordan Everly had a fantastic game in this one. Um, so, so, so good. But uh, other before that, right. Five goals from five different goal scorers. We were seeing scoring from all over the place, but certainly that Matty B line, right? Like that was the line for them tonight. They were feasting. All three of them end up getting a goal. Jared McCann looks great on his on his first game back. I mean, we we just got so many so many good things happened in this one. So many good things. The Yanni Gordline seemed back with a vengeance. They were a little um, not so noticeable last game, but they were absolutely back for this one. Ugh. I mean, just the entire team. Grubauer looked good. The power play looked good. The PK looked ph phenomenal. Just all of it, all of it, all of it was spectacular. And now we're going to a game seven. Uh, you, it, incredible, just incredible. All, uh, up and down the board, absolutely incredible. Uh, some super chats here. Derek starting us off. Excellent team effort off to game seven. It was a complete team effort. I mean, this was a four-line game for the forward group. All four lines were out there rolling. They were all getting it done. They were doing everything they needed to. I mean, that fourth line with Geeky moving down to that fourth line, the fourth line was still super energized. Tanev, this might have been Tanev's best game of the series, to be perfectly honest. Um, Tanev had a fantastic uh, a game today. Donato continued with what he's been doing. Geeky looked good down there. Uh, like I said earlier, McCann coming back up to that second line, got the second line going again. Wenberg was going, Schwartzy, all of them. And then the D. This for me is the biggest thing about this game was that the Kraken's defense looked light years better than they did last game. They, to me, really lost the Kraken that game five. I mean, I, a lot of things lost the Kraken that game five, but the D was especially rough. And this one, they started off rough, right? First first play, you win the faceoff back to Dunn. He mishandles the puck. Dallas comes in. Great chance from Rupe Hintz. Oh. Just rough, rough, right? Um, and then later on, like they struggled on two-on-ones. That continued in this one. You look at how Dallas gets their first goal. It's just bad, poor management of, of a two-on-one where, you know, you got to take away the passing lane. Get your stick in the passing lane. Take away, don't give them time and space to shoot once they have the puck, right? Be bodying them up. Like these are situations in which the Kraken could be playing a little bit better um, defensively. But they they improved over the course of the game. Boy, did they improve. Jamie Alexiak was super physical and this one ends up with seven hits to tie Yanni Gord for the team lead, right? Talk about a team game. Yanni Gord out there tying for the lead and hits on it. Like ugh, everybody was feeling it. Um, and hey, shout out to all of the centers for the Seattle Kraken. 
48% on the faceoff dot, the Seattle Kraken tonight. 48%. That's incredible. That is something I never thought we'd see in this series. Uh, so and I'm sure nobody else <laughs> did either. But um, like everybody, just so f fantastic. Schultz of the Super Chat here. Game 7, baby. Anything can happen. It's very true. I mean, we saw this last time. And hey, get to go back on the road. Teams played so well on the road and all of these. I mean, it feels, feels so good. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Especially after this one, too, where the Kraken really showed up as a team. It was a complete team performance. They just kind of picked apart what Dallas was trying to do. Dallas was trying to pick up where they left off last game. Kraken said, uh-uh, we've made adjustments. We've seen this before. This is how we're going to beat it. And they did. And I love that. Absurdly saying, we have never quit and we probably never will. Adam Larson, I was there when he spoke those words, absurdly saying. And you could just tell that that was a man who doesn't want to quit. He was not done. He gave his everything. That was probably the most mellow and probably somber post-game interview that I had ever witnessed in person. Um, but when he said that, it was just, look, that's just the way this goes. Like even on nights like like that night where they don't have it, you just keep going because you have to. That's that's what you have to do. And you could just tell that he is someone who is driven to do that. And I think a lot of this team is that way. I think everybody on this team is that way, right? We've talked about it all year long. They're they're never say die attitude, as I've always coined it. Um, it's it just it's incredible what they're able to do, how they're able to come out through all these. Um, just absolutely fantastic what they're all able to do. So thank you for those super chats there. Really appreciate it. Joey with the yes, crack and win. Derek, yes, excellent work. Full team effort. Coop with the yeehaw, baby. Goonies never say die. There it is. See, Coop's got it. One game series and the road dogs are hungry. Lindsay Alexa plays staying alive by the Bee Gees. Definitely. Oh, I could, I could get in with that. I can't sing it because then we'll end up demonetized or copyright strike but uh i'm singing it in my head uh, <laughs> i wanted to celebrate that batty goal for longer than literally 15 seconds yeah response goals were a problem again tonight remember those everybody boy did they come back with a vengeance um that being said i you know still feel pretty good uh, about how everything went for the crack and i think they're they're they handled it. They didn't let it get to them. They never let Dallas really build momentum. I was worried there um, when Dallas got that power play, Joe Pavelski goal. I was worried that was going to spiral and turn into something else. But the Kraken did an excellent job of just simplifying the game again. Just conservative defense. Let's not give them anything. Let's stay hard on our forecheck. Let's make sure they can't kind of group up in front of their goaltender. And um, they, they just said, okay, let's just get out of this period, right? Like if we can't take back momentum, let's just keep them from building anymore. We'll get out of this period, start fresh for the third period. And that's what they were able to do. And then, you know, that third period, they came out looking pretty good. Eventually it leads to that Maddie goal. You get the other response goal um, from Kivi Ranta. I don't know if it's going to stay with him or not, uh, but currently Kivi Ranta accredited with the goal. But, I, you know, I mean, they still, they played fantastic. It never felt like it was going to snowball out of control. Like, like just everybody was so solid uh, defensively and the, it, the forwards back checking all of it. It was just there for them tonight. It, it's just what it was, was it was just there. Um, Super chat here from Habak. Thank you very much. One win away from the Western Conference Finals. I feel choked up. We just wanted this team to show no quit and they delivered us this. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. That's very beautifully put. 
uh, by the way. I really, really like that. Um, it's it's true, though. And and that's what, you know, we were kind of seeing from them in a way, right? Game, game four was really rough, like those first two periods where it was just they couldn't get anything going. It felt like they just didn't have any energy. Everything was just falling apart for them. They salvage it a little bit in the third period, but, you know, too little, too late. And then game five, it was just, hey, you allow two quick goals. You're fighting back from that the rest of the game. You know, the Yanni Gord line maybe disappears in that one. The Matty Beneers line maybe disappears in that one. You're like, okay, is this it? Have they just, have they run out of juice? Are they out of gas? And then they come out and they answer it with this one where, like I said, until the empty net, you have five goals from five different goal scorers. The defense steps up and plays big. After a little bit of a shaky start early on, they step up and they play huge. The Yanni Gord line comes back with vengeance. They're playing in both zones completely. The Matty B line comes back playing in both zones completely. Everybody's getting it done. Philip Grubauer says not today. He stops that shot after that shaky done play to start off the game, right? He makes that massive save on hints to help set the tone of this is not going to be like those last two games things are different now we are going to control this game even if we make a mistake we will rebound from that mistake we will clean it up and we're going to continue and um don't you know don't be mistaken that is very much what sometimes those early plays an early big time save off of a rough play from your defenseman to start the game that is exactly the effect that it can have for everyone else. And I feel like that's what we did tonight. So I know the save percentage isn't going to look great for Grubauer in this one, but he made some big time saves when they needed him to. And I really think the biggest one was just, you know, 10 seconds into the game. Uh, and it helped set the tone for the rest of the night. I mean, they just did so, so good. They were so, so good. Uh, Nicole, what a win. Definitely. Cartier is making it very difficult not to overreact to a nine game sampler from Bob Rain. Yeah, I'm telling you, right? You watch him, you watch him just blow a guy up, just you know, Ryan Suter, no less, too, just to just crush him. And then a little bit later, it might have even been that same shift. He comes back and scores a goal where he just kind of fakes far side, goes, goes near side just perfectly, right? Up over the pads, but under the arms. It's a great place to shoot. I wish some of our defensemen would try to shoot there instead of always trying to go high and then missing and watching it rim rack around. Um but I, I, I mean, it's phenomenal play from him. It's an, been an incredible run so far this postseason for him. It is very clear. It was very clear to me watching Dave Haxtell talk about him before last game that he's in love with this kid. He just absolutely loves what he brings to the lineup, especially to that line in particular. Um, and, and he just he fits in so well with what Everly and Maddie are doing, right? It's the 200-foot game. It's the adding the physicality aspect of it. Right. Everly's picked up the physicality. It's all about being tenacious, winning those 50 50 pucks, winning the board battles, all the stuff that, you know, Dave Haxall said they needed to do in game five and then said they didn't do in game five once they lost. Well, it was all back. And Ty Cartier, Ellie Tolvanen, these are guys that absolutely embody that message. And they go out there and they do it full 200 foot game. I mean, Tolvanen defensively in this one was fantastic. Bjorkstrand was fantastic defensively, but then they can also go out there and create those offensive opportunities. Ty Cartier is just right there with those guys at this point. You know what I mean? Like I'm waiting for the rookie wall to kind of click for him or, or come into effect. But the bottom line is I think he's just built in the same mold as those guys where it's just, Hey, if you're playing smart, you're playing to the system, you're playing physical. It's just going to work out for you. There isn't going to be this time where you just hit a wall and you stop. Like you're going to continue to break through. You're going to continue to do, uh, to have success and you're going to continue to stay in the lineup. 
You know what I mean? A, a coaches will always want to reward that. So I think that's very important. And I just couldn't be any happier for Ty Cartier and what he's been able to do with this team since that call up. Gregory, though, here with the super chat, lemon lime Gatorade time, baby. Just leaving the arena and it on and popping. Beneers, Tolvi, and especially Ebbs were clutch on to game seven. Definitely on to game seven. Cheers to you, Gregory, and everybody else. Oh, I need that. Still trying to catch up on the hydration from the travel. <laughs> um, thank you very much for the super chat, Gregory. And yes, I mean, I just talked about Tolvin and Ebbs. I talked about earlier. He was insane in this game. Eberly wants this so freaking bad. You can just tell he is part of that group. There was a couple guys that I just got that sense of being in and around the locker room. Eberly, Alexiak, Larson, those three guys, like, it was just like permeating from them how bad they want to go and win and how bad they want to move on to the next round, how bad that they want to do this because, hey, look, they're, you know, the older statesman of this team. Everly is the oldest guy on this team, if you don't count Martin Jones. And, uh, you know, you got to you always have to wonder when you get to a certain age and point in your career, given you know what successes or lack of success you've had earlier in it, team success anyway. Um, are you ever going to be back in this spot? Are you ever going to have a team that could do it? Are you ever going to be on a run like you're on right now? And you want to do everything in your power to push that forward and keep it going. And I think guys, those three guys, um, they all had fantastic games tonight. Larson, we obviously know what he did last game, but watching Eberly, Alexiak, like I said, with the seven hits tonight, they want this so bad. They want this so bad. They're going, they're going to go out there every single shift and try to make this happen because they do not want their seasons to end at all. Not even close. Not even close. Oh, man. This is so good. So, so good. Love those guys. Love all of them. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, told me with the huge bounce back game from Coop there. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Uh, Al, great win. One game away from Western Conference Finals. Crowd rocking start to finish. Yes. And then the thing... A little lower, my mom bring it up. Red line. I don't know if everybody read that piece from Kate Shefty. Uh, came out today or saw the the crack and read it. Subreddit a couple days ago talking about the difference between the red line, blue line, half season ticket packages. Today was a red line game, which statistically speaking, uh, it was most likely going to end in a win, and it did. And so it's confirmation bias today, maybe a little bit more. I don't know, but the bottom line was it it. It happened at the right time. It meant that the Kraken season was not over. It means you get to go back on the road for a game seven. You get to shake up the stars, get to shake up Jake Ottinger. Shortest ever start in his NHL career, playoffs or regular season. That's that's nasty. That is nasty. So I know, I know that there's lots of feels on both sides of the equation for that whole thing, but the bottom line is, if that is the magic that made it happen tonight, then so be it. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, ben, Q Thor throwing a glass down and exclaiming another. Uh, sorry, it just bounced on me. Uh, game, that is. Yes. Oh, I like that reference, Ben. Good one. Uh, Jules, Cartier is no longer a Firebird. I can't see us not having him on the roster next season. I, I'm right there with you right there with you uh sergeant pickles with some studs and duds here let's go duds dallas in five in four five or six otter's worst start response goals studs beers for veneers dad strength ebbs 
Tolvi Snipes, Yanni Never Quit. Sorry, it was bouncing around on me, so I couldn't read it cleanly. Um, so Duds, Dallas and four, five, six. Yep, it has to go seven. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it is. Otter's worst start. Just talked about that by far and away his worst start. And I feel like his team kind of let him down too a little bit. But the bottom line is the only game he's looked solid was game five. Like he's looked shaky this entire playoff round. What you know, the Kraken, they're able to move the puck and they're able to get him out of position. You look at those first three goals scored by the Kraken, and Jake Ottinger is either planted or on his belly out of position for where the puck eventually goes in. And that tells me a couple things, right? It tells me that one, the Kraken are working hard. You look at that Yanni Gord goal, that first one, that's him just kind of being planted in position. And then the rebound Yanni Gord, because he's in there, he made sure to really work his way onto the inside of the defenders, right? Work his way on the inside. So it's just him and Ottinger. So that when the first stop, the first shot is stopped, He's able to collect that rebound and his momentum still carrying him cross crease. So he's able to just to take that puck with him and bury it to the outside of Ottinger textbook. Perfect. Absolutely play. You got to make, like I said, uh, back in the regular season before the series started, if you can get play behind those Dallas defenders, they struggle. They, they were unable to stop Yanni Gord from just walking through their crease, collecting an open rebound and then putting it in an empty net. That's something, you know what I mean? Like, he embarrassed them. Yanni Gordon embarrassed them there. Then you look at the next two goals, whether it's the Tolvanen goal or the Jordan Eberle goal. Jake Ottinger, by the time the puck's in the net and the red light's going on, he's literally on his belly for both of those. He's on his belly because of the puck movement, the player movement, the fact that they just, I mean, Bjorkstrand just completely stuns him by making that pass over to the really sharp angle from Tolvanen and credit to Tolvanen for burying that. That's a ridiculous angle to be taking that shot on. But he, I mean, you know, a lot of players would be forgiven if they missed it from there, but Tolvanen made sure he didn't. That was a fantastic play. And again, you took Ottinger out of the play, right? No goaltender is going to be able to make that save by making that movement. You're just not because you're so you have to be so squared and dialed into what the puck carrier is doing when they're just walking in right down the slot on you. And then for them to pass it as far out as they did. And you got to make a save on a steepest shot. No goaltender has a chance there. So credit to the Kraken on that one. I mean, Bjorkstrand, that scared the out of me. That scared. Oh, I was so nervous when he made that pass. I'm like, what are you doing? You got this great A chance. But hey. They knew, they knew. And then that that first Jordan Everly goal, kind of the same thing with the Yanni Gord one, where it's just get down low, start banging bodies, get the Dallas D confused, get Ottinger committed to one thing, and then he just can't really get over to the other, and he's just down, and he's out of the play. I love it. I love it. That's that's how you beat a Jake Ottinger. That's how you beat any big goal big time goaltender like that and um the Kraken, they really have figured him out in this series and tonight it was just on display again very similar to game three when they were able to put up seven very very similar kitty be cracking with the super chat here thank you very much congrats ech on twitter Ten thousand on to game seven it has been a wild ride these last two and a half years two years um it's been absolutely incredible going on this journey with everybody. And yeah, for, for the Twitter to hit 10,000, I mean, 10,000 people, that's so many people. That's so many people. That's how many people were there to watch the Kraken uh, game five at CPA and watch the, um, 
the player tracking down on the ice and watch it on the twins. That's how many people that was. Look how many people were there in those pictures, right? It's a lot of people. So just want to say thanks to everybody um, for all of the support, not just there on Twitter, but also here, 173 and here with us, everybody uh, who's helped make this community what it is. The Discord, as that pops off during games, the Twitter community, all of it is just so, so special. I know we say it all the time, but it's just because it, it's, it's because it's true and we mean it. We really do mean it. Thank you all everybody really really appreciate it um all right so let's see uh <laughs> just just because i saw this while scrolling from jules non-cracking question did you get texas barbecue while you were down there no i didn't actually uh just with the travel and everything like i just didn't really have a time uh to sit down and try to enjoy anything like that unfortunately i ate um I ate uh, at multiple Denny's. That's that's what I was able to do as I was just flying through, trying to get everything going. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that part of travel is not as illustrious as like the game stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, Daniel, I want to see video of people dancing at a big fountain outside of CPA. That would be a lot of fun. I want to see that video too. Michael, Kraken have now advanced farther in the playoffs than the Mariners ever have with this win. Seven wins deep. Mariners have never won seven games in a given postseason, unfortunately. It's a heck of a stat, a Seattle stat to be bringing in here, Michael. Uh, it really is. Uh, Stratic reminding everybody to like the stream. Appreciate that. X Kid Z with the That's Cracking Hockey, baby. Oh, for sure. Al with the Love Ebbs effort late game. Not only the goal, but also fighting for the puck against the boards. I'm telling you, that was incredible, right? They've got their goalie pulled. Not only are you killing time, but you're, 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 you're keeping them from being able to move it out. And then you end up forcing an offensive zone faceoff for you guys. So they got to stick their goaltender back in. They got to worry about winning that faceoff, getting play moved back up ice. Now they can get the goaltender back out. There's a lot that can go wrong there. It's incredible. Like, that's what I'm telling you. Jordan Eberle wants this so freaking bad. So freaking bad. I can't use the adjectives I want to because of uh, YouTube. But it, he wants this so, so, so bad. He just does. And you just see it. And you saw it on the ice tonight. Huge game from him. That's what I'm saying. I love that Tolvin and Yanni Gord, Matty B, they all got three stars. They all deserve it too. But Jordan Eberle, for me, was MVP of this game. He just was. He just was. CR Bud, I would really love to eat, but I feel sick to my stomach. I hope you just mean because of the nerves and the excitement, CR Bud, not because something else is going on. Um, Because, yeah, uh, we all do. Like, right? Like, how could you not after this? Like, it's just so... I mean, you go through all the whole gambit because it's like, hey, we're doing well. Oh, no, they got a response goal. Now we're doing well again. Oh, no, we took a penalty. Ah, dang, they scored on the power play, right? Pavs did it. Oh, no, third period. Can we hold on and do this as that period's going? Okay, Matty B, whoa. And Kiviranta scores right afterwards. And you're just like, oh, no, here it comes again. And then it's just that will they, won't they for the last 10 minutes of game o'clock you get the net pulled you're not able to score on the empty net things are all happening you know that Haskinen's going to be out there for the entire rest of the game Pavs Ben uh Robertson right hints like you know that they're just going to be out there for like five solid minutes can the Kraken hold on it's so just you just uh, you just clench everything up and it's just it's just a wild oh my gosh I just love it I love it I love it I know, I know it takes a while to come down from that when you're really worked up, but it, oh, I love it, well, especially when it works out. Uh, Michael, faceoffs matter in the playoffs. Only like one ozone faceoff while on power play. Uh, only lost one ozone faceoff while on power play. 
that's what I'm saying. This was the Kraken's best postseason faceoff game by far in my mind. I don't know that it was technically the highest faceoff win percentage for them because I believe they won the faceoff battle against the Avs. But this one, they really needed it to come out and do what they did for this game six after what happened in games four and five. They absolutely needed this one. So huge, huge effort from them there. Uh, I thought they did a good job of kind of dragging the scar, the stars into the physical game. You look both teams, 46 hits. I think that's a big deal for them, right? Because it, it shows that, you know, the stars were a little frustrated. They were trying to match them physically. And I think they lost a little bit of their game by trying and having to match the Kraken physically. Kraken, you know, anytime you can get the stars off their game, that's a big deal against this Dallas Stars team because they have some depth. They have good depth, but it's it's depth that's going to be out there trying to do that physical aspect. So if you can get their top lines also focused on that, you get a Jamie Ben focused on trying to play physical instead of feeding his wingers, right? You force a, a Dodonov or a Wyatt Johnston into playing physical. Well, that's not their game. That's not what they're there to do. They're there to be skill guys, right? But when you're forcing them to have to physically go in and win a board battle to try to get the puck out of their zone, you're you're dictating the play at that point. And any team that dictates play like that is going to have success. And that's what the Kraken did in this one. Um, got another super chat here from Ty. It's a big one there. Love it. Dang right. Take Commander is officially retired. We are going to game seven. The most crazy hockey game I have ever I have been to in 35 years of my life. I'll be looking for RJ. Did it. Talk about red line, blue line, season ticket packages. Ty was in the building when the Kraken won game six in round two against the Dallas Stars. I'm with you. Tank Commander can be retired. That is massive. I am so happy for you, Ty. You have no idea how happy I am to read that and see that you were in the building for this one and that you got to experience what is arguably the greatest and biggest win in franchise history. You were able to have that happen after that. I mean, I don't even remember. You were like one in 27 opening year inaugural season, right? Like for, to go from the lowest of lows to this, the highest of highs. Very, very happy for you, Ty. Really love to hear that. And thank you for the super chat. Light with the super chat. The Kraken top line had the same number of points this game as they did in all of round one. That's six points. That's first line material. It is. And, you know, I, I do think that that line, as much as, you know, Dave Haxtell likes to talk about all oh, the line matchups don't really matter. Don't really focus on that too much. Uh, you know, all that stuff. That line has played markedly better at home this series than they have on the road. And I do think that some of that is the line matchups. I think some of that is just their ability to go out there at the right time, try to put, you know, Maddie, as great as Maddie is, we all know he struggles in the faceoff dot, as a lot of young players do. And so I just think being able to put him out in situations where maybe he's not having to go up against like a Glendening or a, a Foxa, right? Where it's just like, oh, good luck winning that faceoff. Like nobody's going to win a faceoff against those guys, right? The fact that you could put him out there against guys that are a little bit easier to maybe beat on the draw, I think is a big, big deal. Just sets up that line for success. And then, you know, Ty Cartier doing what he does. Big, big thing able to build momentum, able to shoot the puck, able to score. Maddie looked so much better in this one. I'll be honest. He looked out of it to me. Uh, game five in Dallas. He just looked out of it. Like he was just going through motions. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't feeling well. I don't know what it was. He looked out of it. He did not look out of it today. He was hungry again. And um, I really do think that that makes a big, big difference for this team. And I've already gushed about Jordan Everly enough, I think. Uh, don't need to go back down 
that uh that rabbit hole probably uh, you know what i mean um let's see coop i'd like to give a huge shout out to the real mvp the third period post thank you thank you thank you uh that is true the the post definitely came to to our aid quite a bit in this one definitely think so um let's see uh about rain uh joe pavelski still a problem the parade of great while super old stats is fun as long as the Kraken are winning wild it's absolutely insane what he is able to do and i don't just mean because of the age it's just how consistently he's able to get net front and get his stick on pucks flying through the air and get them to go into the net it's a it's an unbelievable skill uh daniel pizza boar six and oh in game sevens think he's due for a loss love averages man that coming into play there i think yeah i i would certainly say so I would certainly say so. Um, Lindsay, did you hear they stayed in a hotel last night? I think that was the key to the Robe Vibes win. I think that was to send a message. I think because game four was like an effort level issue for them. And then game five, that was there for some of the guys again. I think that that was to send a message of, you know, look, if you if you guys want this, you want this. Like, do you want your seasons over? You know what I mean? I think that's kind of what the organization was sending there. I really do. I think it was, I think it was a very, very strong, just like <clears throat> this was what's happening. We, 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 that what, what has happened these last two games is unacceptable and we're letting you know by doing this and it worked, it worked big time. So hopefully that all that good stuff carries forward uh, perfectly. Uh, the elite strategy against Dallas, do literally anything with a stick near Yanni Hockenbaugh from fusion mix. It's a legit strategy. It's a legit strat and it works. It totally works. I know it's funny, but it totally works. Lindsay, not to harsh the vibes, but is Vince Dunn officially a playoff liability? He has not looked like regular season Vince Dunn at all the entire postseason. Like two games, maybe. Two games max this postseason has he looked that way. And it is very, very concerning. I know we keep saying, look, we're putting off the conversation about it till the offseason. It's it's really, really scary. And it is definitely, I think, going to have to impact um, how the Kraken kind of view him when it comes to contract negotiation time. I keep waiting for him to wake up. I keep waiting for him to not make mistakes like we saw him make right off the bat in this one. Um, but it just keeps going. And I keep waiting for him to maybe help you know get the power play going. But I thought that there was a big difference between the first unit and the second unit in this one power play wise, that first unit love and having Jared McCann back. Let me don't they, don't they look different? Don't they look better? Oh, it's fantastic. They look so much better having him back. Um, so that was really cool to see. I, I definitely like that. Tammy love Cartier. He's becoming a favorite tough kid that hits hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. Like insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, Edward, weather delay in Houston for the Sounders. Play resumes as Kraken game ends. The universe stepping up so Seattle sports fans don't have to divide their attention. Definitely. I think they know. I think they know what's up. And uh, I also had a weather delay in Houston on my way to get, get to Dallas. So I know what's up for them too. <laughs> Lindsay, chased daughter twice in this series. Not sure if that record will be broken anytime soon. I don't know. I don't know. I talked about it a little bit, I think, beforehand that you know ottinger or i talked about this on a red glare which is our patreon only podcast link in the description below i talked about this with him go before the playoffs started while it was still the regular season and i said look we never young goalies find ways to step up in playoff runs every so often 
and then they're good the next year, but not as good. And then it's kind of diminishing returns for a little while as they continue to go to the playoffs and that wear and tear just kind of starts wearing on them. So I knew that Ottinger wasn't going to do what he did last year. I didn't think that the fall off was going to be so massive. I really didn't. Like, that's not the trend. The trend is to do slightly worse, and then you start to deteriorate from there. What are, like, I just, I, I mean, I talked about it earlier. We know what the Kraken are doing to make it happen. We're seeing it. Um, but still, it's just, it's incredible. It's, they're just, they're making it happen entirely. Uh, Krakenhawk, Biz has a theory about Ottinger struggling in Seattle. He suggested that the mostly dark jerseys in the arena hide the pucks above the boards. It's an interesting take. Thoughts? Well, why don't we get RJ's thoughts on this um, as I add him in here real quick. Oh, it's what is happening. My computer is freezing up on me. There we go. There we go. All right. There we go. RJ's in. There we go. It, it, it unlocked for me. RJ, do you have thoughts about that for Ottinger? Because, yeah, we're chasing twice now. It's kind of an interesting theory. I don't know what to, to really make of it. I don't know how much a difference it would be here versus maybe other arenas. I mean, they're not particularly bright elsewhere. I will say that effect does exist. Like, it's yes. one of the things you notice. Like, we have some beer league games up at uh, Angel of the Winds in Everett uh, where the Silver Tips play. And with those empty seats that are, like, a, a, like black, basically, you do lose the puck in the background. But I don't know if, if here at this arena it really makes that kind of a difference. I'm going to say that it's bogus. Excuse me. It's bogus because Biz said it. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. That's, like, that's reason if, enough, right? If it was if it was Henrik Lundqvist as part of that group, I would believe it. Uh, the TNT group, but if it was just it being Biz, I'm not sure. I totally buy it. I think that more of it has to do with the fact that look, RJ Kraken are able to move the puck. They're able to get him to commit to a spot and then get the puck around him somehow. Whether it's Yanni Gord driving through the crease and the Stars defense just letting him, or it's it's later stuff like you know just uh, Bjorkstrand completely locking him up and then making a fantastic pass over to a Tolvanen. But the bottom line is you look at those first three goals, RJ, Ottinger, just no chance. He's, he's, he's nowhere close to being able to make a save on any of those three goals. I think that's, that's just more important, and that's the real story. Right, that's moving him out of position with puck movement like the Kraken did all night. And um, I think that's also, I, I think maybe, you know, kind of referring to the Cartier goal where it's it's that kind of cleaner shot, right? You want him to have that. But I think that's maybe not giving Cartier enough credit for how well he disguised that shot. I noticed it when it happened. He was looking to the middle the whole way yep. and then just rips it short side where the goalie probably isn't expecting it to go. Yeah. Yep. That's the second time this postseason Cartier has done that, by the way. Right. And he's good at it. And you know what? Yanni Gore pointed that out, too, in his post-game media availability. Got a question about that goal, and he was raving about Karche and kind of broke down the whole goal about, like, look, he's just looking middle the whole way. Goalie can't track it at all. So, I mean, the players noticed that. Yeah, no, they do. And I mean, we already talked about him a little bit earlier, RJ. Just I had no idea how this, how he's not with this team next year. Like I know, I know. It's a small he's, sample he's doing everything he can to earn a spot for next season. I mean, he's played excellent. Dave Haxtell had good things to say about him. And, and he loved too the contact, the physicality. And he said, look, he's not running around out there looking for it, but he takes what they give him. And he's always there to make a hit when he can. Yeah. Uh, what, what else, what else uh, happened with the post-game media availability? Cause I'm assuming you got a very different feel and a very different locker room than the one I got the previous game. Oh, I'm absolutely sure about that. Um, yeah, the guys were, again, not like they, they were upbeat. 
not too celebratory as in like, you know, you won the series or anything. Cause I think they realized what the challenge ahead is, but they did stop kind of to have fun for a little bit. The guys were talking. I, I heard kind of in the background, Maddie Beniers, Yanni Gord talking about the different plays in the game and certain things that went well on board battles. And, you know, this was all as Everly scrum was going on. I was kind of caught on the outside of it, but sometimes the better stuff is actually in just the players speaking candidly to each other. Um, and, and I kind of got a better sense of the mood from that. And Dylan, um, I know something that we talked about from the last game, and it's something that, that our, our friend Darren from Sound of Hockey mentioned too out uh, the morning skate. It just it felt like that the vibes were kind of off, right? Yep. Like it just they were they were feeling the pressure. They weren't as loose and as light as they were normally. It was back tonight. You could tell before the game. Dave Haxtell was joking around his pregame media availability. There was like a bunch of tapping sounds outside the room. And he's like, oh, look, I guess they got like a mini hockey game going, you know, floor hockey game. It sounds like a good game. You know, just unprompted stuff like that, where you could tell the guys were feeling a little bit looser, kind of joking around. And so I had a better feeling going into it because mm -hmm. of that. Um, and turns out that's kind of how it went. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot that went into that. I'm sure guys said stuff. Uh, some of the veteran guys on the team really said stuff, especially after how those last two games went. Talked about it earlier. Uh, Lindsay had brought it up, the idea of them staying in a hotel, right? Like, yeah. that's yeah. a message that you are sending to that team. You know what I mean? To like, hey, like, this is it. Like, those last two games are unacceptable. You got to pick it up. Did, wait, did they stay in a hotel? Yeah, that's, the, that's what's been going around on Twitter. I've seen it a couple different really yeah. i haven't heard anything about that in like media circles and whatnot so we got to get to the bottom of this because that would be very interesting if that was the case yeah so i you know a, a couple people brought it up and stuff and around <laughs> but yeah, you're right i hadn't seen it from like you uh <laughs> my trusted Man, i wish i had known that to ask about it Jeez. yeah um i believe it though right like that's that's the kind of thing that you would send after after how game four and game five went just from like an effort level some some Big time lines disappearing. Um, I could see something like that happening. Um, that was an incredible game from the Yanni Gord line, RJ, but especially from the Matty B line, right? We've talked yeah. about it a ton in this one. Jordan Everly for me, like I know, I know you and Darren were all about Yanni Gord in the first five minutes of this game, but this game was Jordan Everly's. He was MVP. He should have been first star. Jordan Everly did everything possible because he's like, look. He doesn't know if he's ever going to be in this spot again, right? There's a couple guys on this team don't know if they're ever going to be in this spot again, and you can just tell that they want this so freaking bad, RJ. And I felt like that's what we saw from Jordan Everly tonight. Yeah, I, I think he's absolutely belongs in that conversation. Yeah, I was kind of raving about Yanni Gord and going out there to start the game and set the tone, but Everly continued it kind of throughout the whole game. And I think you're right. You saw some guys who maybe on the older side, veteran guys who they don't know how often they're going to be here again. And again, just trying to drag this team into the third round and, and lead by example. They're not going to go away quietly. And I think that's something that maybe some of the younger guys on the team needed to see in this one. And they kind of followed their example. And, and you have the leaders going out there and playing the way that they do. And the young guys like Karchi and Veneers follow that and follow that example. And I just think it's a great dynamic to have as a team. Um, and you need that leadership first. And the Kraken certainly have it. Yeah, and I do think that that was, like I said, I think a lot was said, potentially done if the hotel thing is true, right? I think there was just a lot uh, within that organization, within that locker room that that uh, transpired between uh, two days ago and today. There just, there had to be, they had to yeah. be. Uh, Lindsey, Kraken are 2-0 all-time in playoff elimination games. Let's make it 3-0 Monday.
uh Declan Saints my friend has to listen to me talk about the Kraken and give a whole essay on why we should keep Cartier oh for sure <laughs> oh for sure uh Bumber I started crying as soon as Everly scored the empty netter I'm so proud of this team no matter what happens game seven I mean RJ it was allowed like you could it tell in this one that is one of my favorite things in hockey. And I noticed this kind of like growing up as a Sharks fan to certain moments where I love the pop from the arena after an empty net goal that seals a big playoff game. Because there's the anticipation there. Everybody's waiting for it. And when that puck hits the back of the net, the place just erupts. And so I was ready with the video on that because I, I knew that if they got an empty netter, it was going to happen. And it did not disappoint. That, that empty net goal and just the reaction from everybody so awesome to be in the building so glad i got to experience that yeah it's it's been incredible um dan the key for me with dallas is they're getting insane luck on their goals super fluky goals going off guys butts and knees and stuff that's been true of maybe five of their past seven or eight goals the moment that the stars lose that puck luck the moment they're out we saw them hit a lot of posts tonight rj yeah, they, they really did. I mean, the Kraken got a little bit of puck luck there, especially early in the third. I think that was really a pivotal moment in this game where the Stars were trying to get back into it. The, the one that sticks with me is Pavelski hitting that post, the first one, and then Haskinen following up, too, where that's not how you want to play a two-on-one. Guy yeah. gets the shot he wants, and then the guy is able to follow it up and basically come in untouched. But he po poked it just wide of the net, uh, and I think that was kind of a turning point this game. Robertson hitting the post right afterwards. Um, but I think that helps kind of calm the guys down a little bit. Hackstall even mentioned, too, you know, the start of the third. Like, that's not what we want. I think there was a little too much nervous energy there. We needed to calm things down. And, and he recognizes that as well. Um, but they were able to escape it. Yeah, they were. They, I mean, this, they were in control a lot of this, except for RJ right after they scored. Because we got the return of the response goals. And that was awesome. Is that Ty? I hope yeah. that's Ty. <laughs> yeah, I got some guys outside here. Cheering, awesome. Love to see him at the glass. Give him a big thumbs up. Cause, cause with, with, with a Dick's burger in hand. That's how you do go. it post-game. Love it. to see it. Because um, uh, Ty was in the building, RJ, so take commander is officially retired as a title. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's done after this. Yes. Yeah, this is um, as much win as you could ask for. Yeah. We saw the return of the response goals, RJ. It's not great. It's never good. It's never good. I don't know why that happened. Um, but I mean, the Kraken, they did such a good job of shutting it down after all of those. And then, you know, also after the Pavelski power play goal, like just their ability to, to slow the game down, control the pace of play and not let the stars continue to build momentum after those. Right. I mean, it's the response goals. Man, I hate to see those coming back. That's uh, that's unwelcome. But after those big moments like that, I think they were able to slow things down. And and especially the one, you know, off of that, the power play goal where the Stars had some conveniently timed power plays, but it felt like the game was really getting away. And I know some people argue, you know, that's kind of some game management there from the refs and everything. But yeah. after giving up those goals, I thought the Kraken did a really good job of settling things down like they needed to. And you know, it can snowball. As we all know, in those situations, yeah. it can snowball really easily. But the Kraken didn't let it do that. No, they didn't. They did a fantastic job of that. And then I also think that comes in with Phil Grubauer, RJ. And the save he made about 10 seconds into the game. After Vince yeah. Dunn fumbles the puck at the blue line after winning that opening draw. And uh, Rope Hintz is able to come in. And, and Grubauer just makes a phenomenal blocker save. And I thought that that sent the tone. That, that told us that today was going to be different. That told that team, like, look, today is going to be different. 
if you you know i'm here for you guys you guys got to be here for me kind of thing and i feel like it really just set the tone for the the whole squad philip grubauer being able to make that save yeah I, I think that was the biggest save of the game and you know what we were reacting up in the press bridge just like that that it's just a few seconds into the game oh boy this is happening and if that goes in uh, it, it's hard to imagine the Kraken kind of clawing back from that, given where the Stars' momentum was at this point in the series. And um, Grubauer stepped up. He needed to have a good game, and he did. Yep. Rebecca, did someone say power play? Because the Kraken have one. Who knew? Uh, boy, oh, McCann Can I read about the power out. play, please? Yep, I'm sure you already it. did, but can I? Yep. Okay. The power play looked completely reinvented, Dylan. Like, I, I'm sure you went over this, but I am amazed from the zone entries, which looked like entirely different. They weren't doing the whole slingshot thing anymore. Thank um, God. <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness. So, so that's already a win. Whatever happens yeah. after that, too. And, and then once they were in the zone, the confidence and the crispness of the puck movement. Mm -hmm. I mean, they knew exactly where they were going with the puck next, and they moved it there hard and fast and got Stars players out of position. And then the player movement. Guys were yes. moving all over the formation. The player movement. I mean, give me that all day. Love to see it. I, I could just rave about this power play. You know, I could pull out the whiteboard and just show you everything forever. I loved it. Uh, Hackstall did talk about it after the game a little bit. Not, I, I get it. He doesn't want to give away the secret sauce. He doesn't want to talk about it too much. He just said, oh, well, we simplified. We simplified things and we won battles. It was about winning puck battles. And it starts with face-offs, he did say, you know, which that's another puck battle. You know, you yep. win those, you, you gain possession, that helps. But I think there was a lot more to it than that. I know Haxel doesn't want to get into it, but I, I just, I love it so much. Give me that power play forever. I love it. It was, it was fantastic. There was so much of it. And I know we've talked about Ty Cartier a lot, but Ty Cartier's movement on the power play, incredible. Like he, I know he was moving outside, inside to the yeah. bumper spot. What everywhere, and and it just worked. And what was so great about it was he was moving based on where the puck was to try to open up passing lanes. He was, and that's all he was doing. Like he was fixated on where the puck was and where he could go, so that he was going to be an open option for the puck carrier. And what I thought was so fantastic about it was, and maybe this is just because he was the new kid and didn't know any better. As he would move, he'd move into a kind of an area somebody else already was in, and then they'd just kind of vacate that, and they'd end up moving too because Cartier was walking in there just like, oh, okay, like, well, we shouldn't have two guys here. And so he himself was creating a ton of player movement just because he was just so focused on, I need to be open, I need to be open, I need to be open for the puck carrier, that he then just started creating yeah. like this whole little cycle. And it was incredible to see from, from like yeah. net front out to like up where McCann likes to be to into the bumper. It was so fantastic, and it is. You know, sometimes it just takes those young guys, RJ. Yep. The spark Top. of youth, the naivete of them, I love it. not know where they should just plant yep. themselves and be on the power play. Uh, Tie the first domino Cartier, just getting it all moving by going to a spot. <laughs> yep, who knew? Who knew? Ryan, y'all need to leave Hockenpah and Lindell alone. Good grief, Seattle abused them tonight. Combined minus seven, those two, RJ. Uh, <laughs> you think we see that them again next next game? It Paul wouldn't Miller surprise me. Back. The fact that they're still together, it I would I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed together. Even though I mean, they they just look like a black hole uh, as far as especially from the advanced stat wise, like shot quality, all that stuff. The goals caught up to them today too. But man, that deep pair, they're just not good. They they've been that way this entire. Like I remember after game one, like the two takeaways was wow, Miro Heiskanen is like super legit, and wow, that pairing is just awful. And for it to continue to kind of be this thing that is really just 
getting destroyed uh, is a big deal. I talked about it earlier, though, RJ, with like how great the Maddie Beniers line played today. We know Hackstall doesn't like to make a big deal about the idea of line matching and stuff. There might have been a little bit of some of that, seeing that defensive pairing come out. Maybe the Maddie B line goes out there for it. I think I did notice a little bit of that. And Haxtell, he'll never really talk about the line matching. I thought about asking him just after last game if that would be a little bit more of a factor tonight. But um, he already gave an earlier answer, too, uh, about, like, kind of the things tactically that they might change. And he's like, honestly, like, look, I, I don't know why I should, like, tell you guys this an hour and a half. He checks the watch an hour and a half before game time. <laughs> he's like, I, I know Pete probably doesn't care, but I'm, I'm just not going to give you a whole lot. Um, so, yeah, I didn't think he'd say much, but I think there was, you know, you can judge from what you see but that line mashing was there. Yeah, I, I think it was there for sure. Um, Gregory uh, here with the super chat. Kraken have won all three home games I've attended. Bay Bay. <laughs> Bay Bay, uh, love it. Um, love it. Uh, so red lines ticket holder. Yeah, must be, right? Is that what you're telling us, Gregory? I know uh, the red line package it. strikes again. Yep, yep. We talked about it before. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. Um, oh, I love this from Stratic. Tank Commander Ty is now Tank Commander Ty retired. There you go. <laughs> that, 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 that would be the appropriate way of doing it for sure. Um, yeah, another one from Ryan here. Seattle took advantage, took advantage on home ice changes and went hard at that slower Hawk and Paw and Lindell. They abused them. Uh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Uh, let's see here. Fun. So, I mean, there's just so much good stuff in here. Justin, oh, I'm sure Chad is just bumping right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my main two takeaways from this game, keep Cartier, Beniers, and Eberly together as long as possible, and Yanni for captain. I mean, hey, uh, certainly yes to the first one. I get Yanni doesn't need the C. He's going to go do his thing no matter what. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, okay, Brian saying, I think it was Ebb's interview during the first intermission talking about staying at the hotel. Interesting. All right, I got to go back and take a look at that then. Uh, Tammy said said the hotel was voluntary, but many guys went. And Steve Dog confirming that it was there, that it was in that inter intermission interview. So I'm not I'm not trying to call you guys out there, RJ. All you guys up there in the press bridge. But like I, maybe lay off the, maybe lay off the sushi and do your job. I'm just saying, just saying. Okay, well you know if anybody didn't have any sushi, it's me. Yes. <laughs> yeah intermission sushi tonight that was uh that was pretty cool they had uh they had all their meetings at the hotel as well eb said all right this yeah. is this is gold who who asked him this stuff who got it this would, information it would have been Leia Hextall. huh it would have been Leia hextall during the intermission all right i, I gotta give her a thank you yeah i that that's cool i want to talk to her about that yeah she follows ech she knows us yep so i i think that espn man uh. <laughs> get everything they get everything um yeah uh let's see uh doo -doo -doo. where where am i going there's just so much so much just like pure happiness and i love that and then all the yep. conversations between everybody I, I love that too um cr but two images in my mind ebbs fighting to stay atop that puck with four minutes while two stars pummeled him and second yanni wincing in excruciating pain after maddie's goal tell me they didn't want this 
it's true. And like those are like the biggest effort plays, RJ. Because Yanni goes down in that one and he goes down awkward. It's clear he's in a lot of pain, but he makes sure he hustles and he gets off the ice. He's bent over, but he makes sure he gets off the ice. And you can tell all that's going through a, a player's mind in some of those situations. And some players have this, some players don't. Yanni, of course, has it. Yeah. is just that they literally can't think of anything other than just getting off the ice. Like they know they can't participate in the play. And the only thing they can think of is getting off the ice and then they will collapse. They will die. Any, whatever happens after that happens, but they're going to make sure that they get off the ice, even if their leg is snapped in two. Right. And we've seen that even happen. So I, I just think Yanni's one of those guys. And that was huge because it allowed the Kraken. I know that it didn't end up needing it, but it meant that they were going to have an extra guy in there. If say that, 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 um, goal is saved right you know what i mean and that's a big thing and then obviously eberly you know forcing an offensive zone face off when they've had their goalie pulled just throwing everything you know a wrench and all the works there is um i don't know that might be my favorite play of the season i know i i love that and i'm telling you it got really loud in here for that as that was all building up too and he was just sitting on top of that puck and you know you're gonna take a ton of punishment there the other team's got their goalie pulled they're desperate they need to get that puck out of the pile and just to sit on it and be like you know what i'm gonna stay here until they blow it down i mean great stuff from ebbs getting up there and i saw him going back to the bench too getting the stick taps from the teammates and everything that i mean he's already probably the most respected guy in the room like that earns you more respect yep uh donnie rj what shirt are you wearing x kid z what's on your tie rj even right, World, rj that's the winning suit from earlier in the series right it is okay so i got the plain white shirt everyone all right so that's yep. that's gonna stay no here no more hexagons no more hexagons but i got flowers i got the floral ties so that three and oh three, right yeah 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 exactly this is from game three so two and oh with this tie three and oh with the floral ties in general so i'm gonna stick with this one Credit to my girlfriend. I asked her which tie I should go with. So she said this one. She got it right. She always gets it right. She's right about everything. Yes. But Can't yep, so that's the outfit right now. I guess uh, keep that for a potential game three. Should it happen? Yep. Uh, Rebecca, if you like the suit, like the stream. <laughs> so love it. <laughs> love it all there. Um, oh, such, such good stuff there. All right, let's see. Wow, game six of the Western Conference semis, and we have two rookies out there on the power play, Beneers and Cartier from Brian. And it was good. It looked good, RJ. Yeah, and, and hey, they're tied for the rookie goal-scoring lead, both of those guys. So yep. the future is bright. Yeah, definitely. Uh, everyone's saying someone fly Gregory out to, out to um, Dallas for Monday. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, and then there it is. It's all the dog scoy chants. Afra, you're up. You're up. Oh, you're off the bench. You're off the bench. <laughs> well, we gotta get we gotta get some Afra in here. There yep. you go. Let's get you. Let's get you something good here. Good, good, good treats. Lots of questions from uh, the other media people. I finally see them. Saw them in Dallas, of course, asking about Afra. Oh, good. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So gentle. I love it. I love it. Um, Sarah, is there any news about Sprong? Yes. So um, before this game, Dave Haxtell ruled Sprong out for the remainder of the series. So he will not be back next game. Um, yeah, he's, he's out at least past Monday. Anything beyond that, I got to figure they'll reevaluate. I will say I saw him after the game. I saw him walking around the room. Um, you know, he 
you, you can't tell with these kind of things, but like he looked like okay, nothing obvious. But he was walking around, seemed all right. But uh, yeah, he's out for at least another game. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, where was it? Oh, Joey was also at the game. So there you go. Ty, Joey, Gregory, everybody getting it going. Uh, were you able to see Ty? I saw a message in here to look to your left. Oh, yeah, that was from a while ago. I did look yeah. to my left and, and saw him. They're still out there, actually. All right, there we go. Um, Striatic, when did Dylan switch from Espen? I need to know the exact moment. It's like it came out of nowhere. I'm shocked. My world is upside down. When you guys all gave me for it, that's when I switched. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm not going to let myself get embarrassed on the Internet like that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, just just when uh, you know I started going to games again, and I might actually run into those people. Probably should pronounce the name of the largest sports broadcaster uh, in the world correctly. If I'm going to be yeah, around maybe. them, might be a good idea. Who knows about any future employment opportunities? Uh, <laughs> Seattle won all six faceoffs when they were on the power play from Kyle. We talked about that earlier. That to me is what's so impressive, RJ. 48% on the dot in this one, RJ. I know they won the battle against Colorado at some point, but I think this was still by far and away their most important faceoff game. Right, and the faceoffs when they mattered the most, because not all faceoffs are equal that way. And the power play faceoff stat, I mean, that tells you. And and it's telling, I think, that Hackstall, when asked about just the power play success in general, the first thing he talked about was the faceoffs. And it is where it starts, and it does make a big difference, because then you don't have to go get the zone entry. Mm-hmm, definitely. Fusion mix, we'll absolutely see Hawk and Paul and Lindell again next game. DeBoer wouldn't switch away from Suter no matter how badly he played for the in the regular season. Suter stepped up for playoffs. Hawk and Paw got worse. So there we go. Might get might get one. Oh, I mean, I'll take it. We'll take it. Uh <laughs> let's see. Uh Lindsay, I was the first one to get on Dylan for the Espen, so I will take credit for bullying him. <laughs> In our defense, Dylan does love being chirped from Rebecca. I do. I totally love it. Oh, he does. He definitely does. Uh, Nick, was there any question from either of you on the Pavelski tip? It did look high to me. So I, I saw a few different angles. I mean, initially, of course, you're thinking, oh, is that high? Oh, my gosh, Afra. I'm sorry. I get this back. I didn't see any angles that showed me enough that you could overturn the call on the ice. I, to me, there, I just... I wasn't given an angle that where you could get a really good look at it. If I had to guess, I'd still say it was below. They did take a look at it very briefly. They didn't do a whole like official review or whatever, but I saw the guys in the box, the office officials, they were looking at it. So they must've seen something or, or I guess not seen anything that could overturn it. I think this would be one of those where it's like the call stands versus confirmed in the NFL where you just, there wasn't an angle where you could definitively say like there was one where it looked high, but it's also the cameras at a lower angle kind of looking up. Yeah. So how much of that was really it? So it was, it was a tough one and it's one where, you know, what, like if you're the Kraken, you'd already just, you know, if, if it was to stand, if you were to try to challenge it or something like that, right? Like if the goal then is to stand, you've already allowed them this power play goal. And then you're just going to give them another power play right after that. Like it was kind of a no win situation for the crack and you hope maybe the officials take it off the board, but they didn't. And yeah. uh, I just don't know that there was enough to do it. Um, super, uh, super chat here from Sean chow down Afra. What a response from the boys. Can't get over how Cartier has stepped up. RJ shouldn't change clothes until we win game seven. Okay, I will keep this all on I, uh, until, uh, yeah, for two days now. I can't, I can't wait to see uh, how, how you try to get uh, the wrinkles out of that after sleeping in it twice. 
Yeah, that's that's going to be a little bit rough. That'll be that's it for the suit at that point. I know. Use it all up for game seven. Yep, no amount of steaming or anything is going to make that work. Uh, Striatic Dylan selling out to the man with the ESPN pronunciation. Don't worry, it's okay. Street cred is retained with us. See, I, it all matters. I have it on tape, but I used to say it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, there was a guy in the crowd with a Kraken suit on that was prime drip. Declan. Ooh. I should find that, see where I can get one of those Kraken suits. I, I don't know how the reaction would be up in the press bridge, but uh, <laughs> probably looks cool. Definitely, definitely. Edward, you know you're part of the ECH fam when it takes just a couple of letters for Afra to come up uh, in your predictive text. <laughs> definitely. Love it. Definitely. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I haven't even bothered to open up Money Puck yet, RJ. Did you have it up for this one? Because I got to imagine it was very kind to the Kraken. Uh, it was, well, I, I checked earlier and it was. Then a little bit later on, I saw the stars doing well on the deserve to win meter, which maybe yes. you just saw given your facial reaction there. Yes. I think score effects played a pretty big role. But let's remember, the stars put on a pretty big push there, uh, you know, for, for a while until the Kraken, you know, in the third kind of turned it on. So I, I don't know. I, I think that played a lot into I check kind of period by period. I think yeah, um, I was for where the shot quality was coming. I was going to say so much of it is the Pavelski goal. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it's that, that one goal alone was worth so much. Well, I mean, you think about it, a deflection from that spot, like right yes. top of the crease deflection that probably does have a pretty high chance of going in. Yeah, no, it definitely does. But Hey, look, it, all, all it meant was Grubauer, good game. Sa saved more than he should have. Than he was there you go. That's to. a quality start. That's a quality start from Philip Grubauer is what this means. Um, so good stuff there. Yeah, Joe Pavelski, 1.27 expected goals by himself in this one. Everly with a .97. <laughs> Everything he did. So gives you an idea there. Um, but I mean, it's, it's just all good stuff. Uh, Zame with the big super chat here. Thank you very much. Newbie question. It seems like the Kraken won their seventh playoff game, but I also know the Kraken are just happy to be there and would win one game. Maybe was it abs in four or abs in five? I'm new to hockey, so I don't understand. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, yeah. I don't know how to sort that one out there. Zame should ask me that one in person up in the press bridge. Just so I could think about it. Have a little bit of time. No, we appreciate the super chat. Uh, the, the, no, uh, that is true. That's true. We appreciate the super chat. Keeping the good mojo going. I know you're not a superstitious person, but hey, seems to be working. Definitely, definitely. Look, here's the here's the bottom line. For those who are new to hockey or, or anything like that, this is what the NHL playoffs are like. This is just what happens. The teams that are supposed to win very rarely win. There is a reason that it's considered a president's trophy curse, right? The best team in the regular season just about never wins the Stanley Cup. It's just not how it goes. Uh, hockey is inherently random, so one game can just be decided by bounces, and then that can have a dramatic effect for a series. Um, the, the salary cap helps keep teams pretty close together as far as things go. And then there's the, you know, the injury factor, which is just a roll of the dice with what happens, who gets injured for you. Maybe they don't deal with any injuries and your top two guys both go down, right? Things happen every year, right? We've seen a, an eight seed RJ in the old playoff format beat seeds one, two, and three, and then go on to win a Stanley cup. We've seen it all in the NHL Stanley cup playoffs and, and, this is just another chapter in that as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, and chaos is certainly reigning supreme this year, especially uh, with what Florida's doing uh, in the Eastern, going to the Eastern Conference Finals and, uh, you know, beating the Bruins and Leafs. And then, you know, here in the West, I think the Kraken are the big chaos makers. Um, so it's exciting. There's surprises every year. You never know what's going to happen. And when you're going into it as underdogs like the Kraken are, I mean, that can be a good spot. Playing loose and without expectations can go can take teams a long way. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, and high really expectations can. can take you down. Any yeah. team, the best of teams. I mean, look no further than Boston, Toronto, Toronto. those two rounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when that pressure is on you, it's so hard to overcome. It really, really is. Um, Stratic Otter's awful goal saved above expected played a huge role. No quality starts all series from Jake Ottinger. Interesting. I think I saw somebody also tweeted at us that this was the the um, shortest start in his career. Like it the is, earliest yeah. that he had been pulled. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting as well. He just hasn't looked right at times in this series, which I mean, Hey, if you kind of told me that at the start of the series, I'd be like, well, Hey, the, the Kraken have got as much a chance as any team, right. When their yeah. goalies not on his game. Um, and yeah, it's cool to see the crowd really got into it when he was out. It's funny. They don't really do the, the Ottinger chance, Ottinger or whatever uh, for the goalie chance. But then as soon as Wedgwood comes in, it's always Wedgwood. <laughs> It's the it's which is like I get the first it. time I was like ah, but the second time I think it's just kind of funny at this point. It is funny. It's 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 because it's the whole like three cylinder th three syllable yeah, thing. Yeah. But like otter, it's two syllables. Otter. Just do yeah. otter. Like <laughs> Kraken fans, just do otter. It works. It does. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Justin, this, this is actually my first full season of watching the NHL and boy, do I feel spoiled for picking the Kraken as my team at the end of last year. Thank you for that super chat. Uh, Justin. Yeah. You, you picked a good one. You totally did. Yep. Enjoy. Uh, it's going to be good things for a while too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, to Cody, I knew that was sarcasm. I knew that was sarcasm uh, from Zay before, but you know what? I know that there's a lot of new hockey fans in here too, that this is their first extended period of time with the Stanley cup playoffs. So I still thought it was worth mentioning. Um, yeah, that was helpful. Let's see Jules already. So when the Krakens got into the playoffs, most of the team didn't expect the Kraken to move on. However, us fans were super excited to be in, even if we didn't make it out of the first round avalanche was expected to win the series in five or six. However, the Kraken managed to make it to game seven and win to move on once again, us fans going crazy and super happy for our team. Oh no, it was, it was so good. Like it's one of those, I think the fans have helped a lot through all this. I mean, just the fact that the, the Kraken are really sticking to the 500 thing at home, I think is big, but I just think that all like it adds to that fun factor and it adds to that looseness that the team has that these underdog teams can carry through several rounds of the playoffs. It really, really does. And I can tell you from seeing the players, talking to the players, they know that and they appreciate the fans and they talk about that even when they're not on camera. They talk about that stuff. And especially last season, too. Like, all, you know, all the work the fans were there last season when things were not going well. And, uh, you know, I keep coming back to that 7-3 game against the Avs where the crack were down 7 to nothing, And the fans were still cheering really loud for them. I mean, that game stuck with those guys. And so they know no matter what happens, the fans have their back. And I think that helps take a lot of the pressure off, too. I know they're playing with house money. I know there were no expectations coming into this playoffs. But also within a series, you can kind of get caught up in, you know, the expectations. And, and once you're in it, you know, you're expected to win and do well. And I think knowing that the fans here in this building are going to have their back no matter what happens, 
that just takes so much of a weight off the guy's shoulders. It's not the case at markets like Toronto, Edmonton, you know, where, where they know the fans can turn on them at a moment's notice. It really helps the guys out on the ice, I think. Yeah, it just keeps things happy and fun. And I'm telling you, happy and fun will take you very far in life, and it will take you far in the NHL playoffs as well. Um, uh, Justin, definitely good on you for picking uh, picking the Kraken over the Hawks, especially living in Illinois. Love it, love it. Uh, and then Lindsay, Maddie doubling his pims in the postseason, jumping from two and eighty-two games to four and thirteen games. Is his lack of discipline becoming a problem, RJ? Now we did talk about this up in the press box. Uh, we noticed with that second penalty, you know, I mean, Maddie's kind of becoming a bit of a goon here. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough because you don't want a guy like that in the box all the time. He's, he's starting to get more frustrated. I don't know. He's, he's losing that kind of like youthful, just playfulness where he's not trying to take any penalties. I think maybe Hacksaw's got to sit him down and talk to him before this gets to be a real big problem. I was just going to say, is that what Yanni Gord was talking with him in the locker room? Like, dude, you're killing us out there. <laughs> killing us. <laughs> no, I, I think it's one of those, too, where it's like, you know, look, hey, is his lack of discipline becoming a problem? I know what, like, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network would be saying if he was in Toronto. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I know. Uh, no, it's it's... A lot of times, too, that's like the luck of the draw, too, right? Like, you'll do things, you know, nine times out of ten, they don't call it, and then all of a sudden they call it on tenth one. Just happened that they came in a bunch here yep. for him. Uh, he's still such a fantastic player. Um, let's see. Tati, as a hockey fan from New Zealand and only having started watching the NHL in February, I definitely appreciate any explanations about anything from either chat or RJ and Dylan. Well, you're very welcome. And um, what a great time to hop on board. I know you've been very active over on Twitter, assuming it's the same one. Uh, and uh, yeah, happy to have you. Happy to have you around for sure. Um, uh, hockey mom in here. Great win for all of us hockey moms. Happy Mother's Day tomorrow to all the moms. Yes, absolutely. Want to give a Mother's Day shout out there to my mom who is in chat uh, and has been so supportive uh, you know, to me and to us in this whole venture. Like, you know, I, I don't get to do any of this without the support and the love from my from my family and my mom uh, always cheering me on like she has my entire life. So happy Mother's Day tomorrow, mom, and I uh, hope you have a good day. Sorry, I had originally planned to be there at home to celebrate it with you, but the Kraken had other plans, uh, but uh, hopefully I'll see you in late June or so. Definitely. And, you know, obviously like ditto to everything with, with my mom as well. And, uh, you know, mom, I, maybe you gotta get up early and take me to the airport tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> Happy funny. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good, good stuff there for sure. And happy to all the moms in uh, the community as well. Definitely deserve the day. Hope, hope everybody takes care of you. Um, all right, RJ. Game seven. Got doing this thing again. It's a do or die game. <sighs> I mean, can't we believe saw... we're back here, Dylan. I know, I know. So look, the Kraken. They were able to make. You know, they've done a good job of making adjustments. Pete the Boar has also done a good job of making adjustments. It's on the Boar now. Do we think that, you know, that's going to be enough for Dallas? Or do we think that, you know, it would it might be like the Kraken after game four to game five where it was, you know, the adjustments were in the process of being made but weren't maybe completed yet and it kind of held them back? 
I mean, I, I think you'll see some adjustments there. DeBoer is a good coach. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to hear from him after this game. I got there too late. It took too long in the Kraken room. But you know that the gears are turning in his mind about what he can do to kind of have his team defend better. I think it's going to be a closer game. It, this just feels yeah. like heck, after game four, it just felt like this is going to go seven and it's going to come down to a bounce in the third period. I still believe that. It, it feels very much that way. Um, and, and I think a lot of it's going to be on Jake Ottinger, too. How do you respond from being yanked in this game? Um, you know, he's responded well earlier in the series, but uh, we'll see if he can do it again. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's responded. He's never lost two games in a row in the playoffs, RJ. Well, there's first time for everything. <sighs> so just saying, just saying. Uh, so there's that. Pete DeBoer also 6-0 in Game 7s. I'm well aware of that, actually. That stat always came up when he was coaching the Sharks. Uh, so I do remember that, but this is a message to Pete DeBoer and this will find its way to, to you. I am sure. All right. Okay. Look, do you want the streak to continue the curse of you joining a new team, taking them to the Stanley cup finals year one, and then losing and never getting back there again? Or do you want to be able to, you know, join a team, have a successful playoff run, but you got a good enough core that, Hey, maybe the next year you come back, things are a little bit different. Guys are a little hungrier. And you're able to maybe even go further. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a would be an interesting strategy, but you got to try something different, right? And, and before talking before the game about learning lots of lessons as a coach and all the lessons he's learned through playoff hockey, you know, mm -hmm. and how he's grown as a coach, maybe that one's the next one to learn. It, maybe it is. I mean, you and I both have come away from like listening to him talk like, whoa, he is way more relaxed than we ever remember him being. <laughs> yes. And you know what? OK, now now I have an excuse to bring this up and talk about it. But before the game, he was talking about a, a great like basically growth throughout the playoffs and his growth as a coach. And one of the great lessons that he learned and he had a great story with Larry Robinson, a legendary Habs defenseman, Hall of Fame defenseman who was an assistant coach with him in New Jersey. Uh, for that 2012 cup final run and it was game six you know elimination game series on the line and they had a meeting before the game with the coaches trying to you know game plan and stuff and Larry Robinson didn't show up to the meeting They're like where's Larry what where is he and they were like freaking out trying to find him and then finally they see that they realize that he's on the bench there was like some pregame entertainment with like a fan or whatever doing a you know a trivia thing or whatever and he was just on the bench kind of watching it and just enjoying that and so he didn't get make it there for the meeting and so he said, like Pete said, I kind of took that lesson is like, okay, this guy's got 10 Stanley Cups. You know, maybe don't be so nervous about everything and just take a minute to enjoy it and, and stay relaxed. And that message does kind of, you know, it gets to your players and, and don't, you know. So he said that was kind of a big lesson that he learned as a coach was from Larry Robinson there before an elimination game in the cup final. Most important game that DeBoer was ever going to coach. And Larry Robinson, you know, just wasn't taking it too seriously. He was kind of chill. He was laid back. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, we just talked about that attitude kind of with the Kraken, right? And what a big deal that, that can bring. Yeah, so it definitely it is, made me think of the Kraken this postseason. Yeah, it is definitely a lesson worth learning. Uh, Shushan, considering I was worried about uh, worried Maddie wouldn't be gritty enough for the playoffs with how squeaky clean he's been. Bring it on. Although, please don't slew foot someone again. Didn't like that. No, <laughs> no. Uh, Cody, beautiful, heartfelt message from RJ and a ditto from Dylan with my mom responding. That's my boy. Yeah, and who raised me, homeschooled me, so, you know. <laughs> Get so out of me what you put in. <laughs> oh, that, that is the ultimate Dylan response. But uh, a happy Mother's Day uh, to your mom, Dylan, too. You know, she's uh, definitely taken me in as one of her own at times, so I appreciate that. 
I'm sorry not to pile on here with more heartfelt stuff for her, but that I just want to I, now, and then I, it puts me in the position where I have to just say the same thing back, right? Like, obviously, I mean it with your. Right, I didn't leave much too. extra for you but to like, add to that. I will say, yeah, yeah. So I was just like, I guess I got to go with the ditto. <laughs> uh, Cody, I'm from Calgary and happened to be in town tonight for work, so had to buy tickets. Game was so awesome, awesome atmosphere, awesome fans. Absolutely love this team. Loved Yanni Gore tonight too. Ah, incredible. Oh, he is so fantastic in this one. Um, Kalen Fitz thought Otter might have might have an injury. I mean, I mean playoff time. It's it's possible. I don't see anything like that. Usually, you'll see more kind of nagging signs. I don't know about that, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to to see after the series is over, or I guess after the stars are eliminated, whenever that is. You yeah. know, if something does come out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Justin, we've given Otter like three of his worst games this series. I don't see why we can't give him his first back-to-back -back loss. I don't either. And again, so much of this has been like frustrating the, the Dallas defense, right? Playing behind them, turning them around, making them uncomfortable. And then it puts Ottinger into a situation where he has no support. And no goaltender is going to succeed when he doesn't have support. Just look at like Philip Grubauer the last two games, right? Before this right. one. It's really, it's really hard to succeed as a goaltender when the D in front of you isn't helping you out. So the D deserves some of this too. It's not just been all Ottinger. But I really do think that, that the Kraken are just they're confused. They're not confusing him, but they're they're making it difficult for him. They're making life difficult for him. They're moving pucks. They're in and around in his crease. Right. It's hard for a goaltender when you make a save and someone's jumping on that rebound. So you can't fall on it right away. And you're having to deal with that, like the Yanni Gord goal, the first one. Right. And he's able just to kind of scoop it up and go around you like that's it's kind of an impossible situation as a goaltender that he's finding himself in because of just the work the Kraken are putting in. Right, you're not stopping that goal. And yeah, if, if Yanni Gord's not cleared out in front, like there's nothing you can do. And after a few goals where, you know, there feels like there's nothing you can do, that can affect you on the ones that you can stop. And you just feel like it's not your night. I mean, goaltending is a lot mental and it's a lot about confidence. Um, and if you can kind of get to that early, then it can kind of snowball. Definitely, definitely. Justin, so we're giving Ottinger a fight that he's not used to. I'll take it. Definitely. I think that's what a lot of this has been about, is just been throwing different looks. Uh, I, you know, Credit to the Kraken coaching staff. Maybe, maybe Briere doing some of this, RJ, you think? Oh, for sure. No, I mean, Steve Briere, the goalie coach, I mean, he gets involved kind of both ways. The guys get the books on the opposing goaltender as well. And the players have talked about that over the course of the season, even, where goals like, oh, how'd you know to kind of target that shot or shoot there? And you're like, oh, well, Steve Breer told me, you know, he kind of gave me the book on the goalie, told me to try there, and it worked out. So uh, you do get those scouting reports on the opposing goalie, and um, I'm sure the guys listen. Yeah, no, I think that's a big part of it. So Kraken are doing a fantastic job of this one. Kitty be Kraken, DeBoer's Game 7 record is good for us. Law of Averages says he'll lose on Monday. I sure hope so. I think there's a good chance of it, given the way this team responded and played tonight. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, RJ. Things are good. I am too. I am too. I'm just smiling thinking about it. I know. There's, there's lots of good stuff. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this uh, episode. Rendition of Emerald City Hockey's playoff postgame live presented by Queen Anne Beer Hall. Huge shout out to them, the sponsor. Uh, one more happy Mother's Day to everybody tomorrow. And then, you know, see everybody back on Monday for game seven. RJ, you, you ready with me again? Uh, biggest game in Kraken history? Again? I, again, there's been so many of these. Really looking forward to another one, yet another one uh, that we're going to get. So cannot wait. Going to be hard to, to sleep at all between now and Monday.
especially in the suit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Uh, I can't wait to see everybody afterward as well. Yeah, it's going to be epic. Uh, love it all. Love all you guys so much. And we'll see you all next time.